When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At LASIK Plus, we know LASIK is a big decision, and every one of our patients is unique. That's why we customize your LASIK journey to you. I only have a certain budget. No problem. Right now at LASIK Plus, get $1,000 off LASIK when treated in May. That's $500 off per eye, plus guaranteed financing options. So visit MyLASIKOffer.com today to start your journey towards 2020 vision. Must mention this promotion and be treated in May of 2024 to qualify. $1,000 off standard price of wave procedure. $500 off for one eye. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Go to MyLASIKOffer.com for details. Here Hello, my friends. Yeah, hey, in the Snow City and beyond that follow your black and gold are feeling like it's oh and forever when they're talking about two position groups. And that's what we are going to do tonight. But hey, I'm happy that we're not talking about a loss in the in the L column. I'm happy that we are not knock on wood, my friends. We're not talking about a major injury. What we're talking about are the Pittsburgh Steelers with some work to do, and that's what you do in preseason. We're having our own preseason, and the band is back together. I've got Tony Defio and Shannon White joining me this evening as per usual. This is the uh, this is the star-studded lineup. What is up, boys? Tony, what's going on? I am good. I'm good. It's lovely here in Pittsburgh. It's... Uh... A lot of panic on Twitter, but you know that that's to be expected no matter what. Even after the day after a Super Bowl, there'll probably be that. So I'm doing great. How about you guys? I'm groovy. Shannon White, what's up? I'm doing excellent. And uh, like Tony said, there's just been a lot of hand wringing and panic, and it, it gives us a great uh, topic for discussion. So I'm ready for tonight. Man, I would love to go back in time and take Twitter with me. <laughs> you know, and just see what would have happened in the 1970s. What would happen Ooh. with TB12, the real TB12? Mm-hmm. I'd love to see what happened when the Steelers traded away their number one draft pick and could have gotten Dick Butkus and did not. You know, I would love to see what's going on now. But everything, just like I mentioned this, I think on the show last week, just like Doc Hollywood. If you pee, everybody knows what color it is. And here we go. That's what happens when we are on Twitter, social media, like Tony. What's going on? Picture that 1976, 77, whenever Jack Lambert held out. Can you imagine this? That Jack Lambert's a pee. Can you imagine that? that twi- oh, that yeah. Would say, he held out. No, Ben held out too, and he sued Chuck Knoll. Could you, could you imagine? <laughs> I mean, people would be going nuts but oh hey yeah. they wouldn't have put up with that stuff you know that bad they wouldn't have put up with that stuff back in the 70s and that you know you don't you don't <laughs> those guys didn't hold out oh yes they did and they did so much yeah. we don't even know about the mm-hmm. men in the hills right, sing right. songs about what those guys did <laughs> you know it's it, it's amazing 
you know, so, <laughs> I mean, but that is the, uh, because of the internet, we're able to do this all together. That's the awesome part. And you get, you get good and you get bad and you just don't know, but that stuff, everything back then was, you're calling up Myron and saying, I heard that Jack Lambert was, ah, Fowey, that didn't happen. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so here we go. What did happen, fellas? What did happen was there was a preseason game over the weekend. Once again, no major injuries, nothing to really report. Not like uh, what happened last week with losing. I mean, it was a big deal to me. I thought uh, losing number 38, Carl Joseph, in the uh, Seattle game for the season. I would have loved to have seen him stick around. But now you have even more controversies. And they're different type of controversies. The one controversy is pretty good. And if you listen to Jeff Hartman this morning on Let's Ride, he did something that I love. I It's the first time that he's done it this way. He went all DEFCON on everybody. And I did not know. I thought DEFCON 5 was the worst. But no, Jeff explained that DEFCON 1 is, is like everything's going to hell. You know, <laughs> say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and just, you know, pack up and and tell everybody you love them. That's what uh, DEFCON 1 is. So with DEFCON 5, you know, things are good. We're, hey, it's business as usual. Hey, go to the, go out to California, you know, have a picnic, see the kids. We'll have a few laughs. You know, that's the good stuff. So what Jeff found that basically the most DEFCON ones are two positions and they're ones that we've been talking about. It's no surprise. If I even, if, if I bring these up and you're like, Oh, that's a shocker bad. Then you have not been listening to anybody and you have been under a rock or you've been just a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals and you don't pay attention to much of anything until they actually, the sun shines on that dog's ass and they do well. <laughs> so with that being said, it's linebacker, inside linebacker, yes. It's the offensive line, yes. Today we're going to talk about the offensive line the most. And here's the thing. The title of this show is, there's no pick of the litter in August. There's not. The Steelers thought they had the pick of the litter, or at least one of them, in James Daniels. And, for that man matter, Mason Cole. Jason Cole is actually first. They thought they had the right guys. I'm not, saying, I'm not ready to say they're the wrong guys. But we need to take a look at all five of those positions on the offensive line. And we've got to determine really what the problem is for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that's what we're going to do now. My friend Claude, my buddy Claude, I've actually met Claude. He says way too early to panic. I... I agree, but there's a lot of panicking going on. And the panic is because of the offensive line. So let me do this first. I want to get both of your knee-jerk reactions, but I want you to go back to week one and week two and tell you where your tell us where your comfort level was each week of the preseason with the Steelers offensive line. Shannon White, I'm going to start with you. Well, after the first game against Seattle, I was really encouraged. Uh, by the run blocking, 
<clears throat> and I thought it was uh, they were they look like they were pretty cohesive and in, in unison. And now the pass blocking left something to be desired, but I, I felt they had taken a step forward run blocking. After this game, I guess the Jaguars, uh, they were not on the same page run blocking or pass blocking. So now I really wasn't concerned after the first game, but now I am I am slightly concerned, and uh, I think some changes need to be made. So what is your specific concern level now as opposed to last week, Shannon? Well, last week, you mean as far as DEFCON 1 through DEFCON Oh, no, you don't have to do DEFCON. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to... I do not want to take, I don't want to take Jeff's. Yes, yes. Jeff's uh, shtick, or I don't want to even call it a shtick. I don't like the word shtick. I mean, I don't want to take his uh, his formula that he used. But where's your concern level from one to 10? Well, after the first week, the concern level was probably a five, just because of the pass uh, okay. blocking. But now I'd say it's an eight. <laughs> and, Tony, I'm going to ask you the same thing, but I'm going to ask it a little different. Does this change your opinion of the quarterbacks? Because I don't think, I think the the quarterback play was collateral damage. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I felt. I thought Mm -hmm. Mitch Trubisky had a nice game, but the man was running for his life. Right. So Tony, talk about the offensive line and talk about the quarterback play as well with that offensive line well i mean like shannon i was i was concerned a little bit about the pass blocking after week one because uh the run blocking was so good with 185 yards and you could say who they were going up against whatever but i was encouraged by the run blocking and and uh i figured you know that the pass blocking eventually would get better and i still feel that way uh in, in, a, in a big picture but after this week um Seeing the way Kendrick Green played, and he whipped on so many blocks, and um, even even uh, Daniels didn't. Did, he, he pretty much did the same thing. I mean, I think he's getting protected more because he was a high, highly touted free agent, uh, as far as the, the, the wrath of, of of the fans in the media. But yeah, he didn't look good either. Um, so, I guess my comfort level with the line after week one was what, like a five. Now, as far as my concern. Uh, I'd say it's about an eight or a nine. <laughs> uh, as far as the quarterback play, uh, I think Trubisky did, did wonders uh, with what, what you know, getting out of some of the jams he got out of. I mean, I was amazed. He looked like Big Ben um, in his first few years with some of the stuff he did. Um, Kenny Pickett, I thought, looked a little bit better uh, as far as being able to stand in the pocket and, and make plays, uh, keep his eyes downfield. But uh, he might not have been facing as scary as this is to say he might not have been facing as formidable as of a pass rush by that point, because I don't know what the Jaguars were doing as far as that substitutions on, on defense. Um, so I, you know, I thought the quarterbacks, all three of them looked good despite what they had to uh, deal with in terms of pass protection, but, but you could say the same thing after week one, but just not as, not as uh, great. So my comfort level or my, my, my concern has been ratcheted up uh, after last week. I, you know, I agree as well. I, you know, I think there is some concern. I'm not panicking because as Tony knows well, because of the tongue lashing, or I guess the, the keyboard lashing that he got from the Steelers center from that 2018, that the, and that was, do you remember his name, Tony? I, what was his Oh name? yeah. Justin, Justin Hartwig. 
I knew his name. I just wanted to hear you say it because he called you a what? An idiot several times in the same email. I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I wish you would have kept that email. I think <laughs> but, I have it on Yahoo somewhere, but that's like 5,000 emails ago. So Hartwig, um, you know, that was an offensive line that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. That helped this team win the Super Bowl. So we're we're not getting that far right now because, you know, the, it's August still. So you don't know. There's hope that they could gel. That was the offensive line. That's was a huge concern back then, too. Right. So there, there's a lot of things that you can think about. So it's, you know, you don't throw in that terrible towel just yet. But this is one of the things that you want to fix. Because if I go back to Jeff's podcast and I recorded my bad language podcast after and i agreed with him i didn't know about the defcon stuff but what i did know is i said look the only concern on offense i think everything is great on that offense right now with the exception of the offensive line so now my question to both of you is this what's who's the one guy that needs to be or the one position that needs to be remedied right away. And I'm going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about all five positions on the offensive line, but I want to see who it is that, uh, that is the biggest concern that you might need to replace right at this moment. So Shannon. Well, I've said all along that Kendrick green does not have the length to play uh, at guard in the NFL. If you watch his struggles, he's trying to anchor against, you know, right off the bat, uh, the new coach, Myers, is wanting them to to engage, be aggressive and engage with that defense. So he's trying to come off the ball, even in pass sets, and he's trying to make first contact. Well, he has short arms, and he's under 6'2". So he, if you watch, he's he never makes first contact. He absorbs the contact, and then it causes it knocks him off balance. Once he tries the anchor, they easily swim and go around him. So it's he's he just does not have the size and the length to play guard. I thought that the Steelers made a mistake that they should have left him at center and let him try to compete for a backup spot because if he's going to have an NFL future, it's at center. So he would be the, the most obvious initial change that would have to be the first mr tony do you concur on kendrick oh. green or is there another guy you're thinking about no i mean i'm still hopeful about daniels because he's he's he had such a he was one of the uh more high profile free agents that they signed in, in a while really other than mr Bisky. i mean he was seen a, a, of as he was looked upon as one of the top guys out there and they, and they got him on day two. And so I'm, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and that he just needs to uh, find his uh, balance here and, and find his center and, 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 and learn to work with the centers and the tackles and everything. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. Kendrick green though. I mean, play after play after play, he's getting driven back into the quarterback, into the running back. He's just not, he doesn't seem physically capable of, of, of taking on these defensive linemen on, on a, on a consistent basis. So, uh, like I said on, on Sunday night, I don't know what it is with, with Kevin Dotson. I know he has, he's had some injury issues, but, you know, zone blocking or, or no zone blocking. I mean, he seems like he's been effective when he's been in there. 
And I, I just re- like to see them go back to him as, as, uh, and quit trying this experiment with, with uh, having a, a, a competition for left guard. I know they drafted Green in the third round and they have to get something out of that maybe, but they, you know, people were pretty high on Kevin Dotson two years ago and all of a sudden he fell out of favor, but he seems like he's, he's effective whenever he's in there. And I'd like to go back to him and, you know, also the glue, you know, I mean, somebody like that, just, just, I think, I think the Kendrick green experiment as of right now needs to end. Well, so Chris, Chris Adamski of the trib, he had this tweet that came out, you know, a little bit over an hour ago and Kevin Dotson, according to Chris confirmed that he took first team reps at left guard in practice today. So that is definitely, you know, a start. That's something that uh, we definitely as Steeler fans have been looking for because I'm going back to Jeff and Jeff said something he said it the other night on the post game show, which I was not on, but I did watch. And also on the uh, on the show this morning, let's ride. He said, "Look, you got to get that started. You got to start gelling already." And Tony, this mm-hmm. is something that you, Kyle, and I talked about last night on the uh, Q and A. So, with that being said, maybe maybe that is a great start because that that left guard position is definitely a concern. Now, something else that happened today. Uh, a friend of the show who has been on our network in the past as a guest in just a couple months ago, um, Nick Farabaugh says Mike Tomlin called a team meeting and chewed out the offensive line pretty bad from what it sounds like when talking to the offensive lineman today at practice, it was not a pretty sight. So Tomlin's had it. So maybe and I'm, I'll just ask you, I'm not going to try to equate this. Let me have Shannon and Tony equate this. Shannon, let's start with you. If you have that change with Dotson taking all the snaps at left guard with the first team today, does that mean that it's like, all right, kidding around's now over, folks, coming from Tomlin, saying, all right, it's time to get started with this. Well, you're getting ready to go into the third preseason game. You're less than three weeks away from the start of the regular season. There is some time. But I thought that the Steelers, because all these guys they've got and they've brought in have versatility at either guard or center or even more in a core four, uh, perceivably could play left or right side. So I said that in the early part of the, the training camp, the Steelers should rotate and see who was more comfortable where. They didn't do that. They like, okay, Dan Moore, your left tackle, and, and a core four, your right tackle. Um, and Daniels was an excellent center at one time. Now, I understand that they brought him in to be a guard, but, I, you know, if somebody goes down a center, he might be – I've always thought he had the potential to be a Pro Bowl center. But, you know, he's not been able – he's played left guard, center, and right guard in his career. And I think he wanted to come to Pittsburgh and be able to settle. But we're talking about Kevin Dotson. And like Tony said, two years ago, he looked just like he was the going to be the foundation of that line moving forward. He was a right guard. That's what he played in college. And they switched him to left guard. And he, he slowly did better last year before the injury. 
but who's to say he shouldn't be at right guard? Because Daniels can play either. And, you know, he could with the Bears. Now, he hasn't looked the same. But I'm, I'm like Tony. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt right now. But they they have options that I wish they would have tried already. But now they have to. So I think Tomlin's just telling them, you know, they keep mentioning, I don't know if y'all seen today, but, but Cole and Daniels, their people was talking about hand placement technique and all this stuff. And they're blaming it on all this stuff. And, and a lot of that's true. But sometimes you just got to beat that guy in front of you. You know, it comes down to, it's real simple. You know, you throw all that technique stuff out the window. Sometimes you got to compete and you got to beat the guy standing in front of you. And they're not doing that right now. And a court for said it, they're taking turns blowing their assignments. Mm-hmm. One play, it's him. One play, it's more. One play, it's Dan. You know, Green's been consistently bad. But the other guys, it's been like a bad play here and a bad play there. So I think Hamlin needs to light a fire under somebody because it, now it's to the point that who's going to get the job done? And if none of them can't, then you got to try somebody else or try to find somebody else because, you know, it just isn't up to the standard at the moment. Tony, I want to bring this up before I get to you on this. Do you think it's a matter of learning tech, uh, techniques with a new offensive line coach? And Jennifer Prusser asked that question. And I, you think, and now, look, in no way am I blaming the offensive line coach. And anybody that, look, I, I, I know what Mike Munchak did here. But this is not really, this would not be Mike, Mike Munchak would have the same problem right now. Pat Meyer is a good teaching coach. And it might take time. Tony, do you think that is a part of the problem? Just a new scheme and a lot of, the, and some of these guys coming in for the first time? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the fourth uh, line coach in four years. And from that, for, for most of these guys, it's just the second one. Cause Clem was, was, was here last year. And, and, and so it's really just the second for, for this group. So, you know, they have to, you know, go from one style uh, last year to a, a new style this year. So that might be part of it. But again, you know, these are all new guys trying to work together. And, and, and you know, like Shannon said, uh, Shooks mentioned how it's, they're taking turns. They're taking turns blowing assignments other than green. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> it's just a matter of uh, maybe them collectively learning to play together. That might be part of it. Um, you know, as far as, you know, people keep bringing up Munchak. You don't think Pat Meyer, he's been in, like you said, he's been around forever. You don't think he, he teaches technique. That was considered to be his strength coming in. He's a, he was a fundamentals guy. He was a technique guy. Uh, so what, what, what is Munchak going to teach them that, that Pat Meyer can't as far as I realize, you know, he, you know, he's the greatest offensive line coach ever, but he also had a, a heck of a stable of guys to work with when he was here too. He had Pouncey and, and DeCastro and, and Gilbert and all those guys. And he did, he did, you know, turn some un, undrafted free agents in, into stars like, like big Al and Filer and all those guys. But, you know, uh, Pat Meyer, you know, is, is I'm sure he's teaching them what they need to know. It's just a matter of, of, of they have to go out there and execute. Now it, it, it's, it's been uh, all summer. It's time to start showing some progress after, after what a month, you know, it's, it's, it's you'd like to see some progress uh, heading into the end of the season. Michael O'Malley, our good friend says Daniels might still be getting used to the new blocking schemes benefit of the, excuse me, benefit of doubt for now on him. But I do also, I agree with that, but I also agree with Tony when you say, okay, it's August now. I mean, now it's time that it's starting to count. Right. Now I'm going to go ahead and bring up 
two comments that I just felt were interesting here. Um, one is, well, it's a question. It's James Bradshaw. Explain who makes the call. Does Tomlin call the GM or does the GM say green needs to go? It's Tomlin. This is Tomlin on the coaching staff. The, they're, the GM is basically to me, and this, this might be wrong, but in my world, it's like the coach calls up the GM and says, all right, this is what we're having problems with. You might need to start looking. I mean, that is that exact? No. But I mean, that's what I envision and what it's been kind of mentioned that it might be. Now, this one I want to bring up here too. And I make a I make I make a habit and it's my policy. I don't bust on you for comments. I will tell you if I respectfully degree, uh, disagree. And Faustino Flores mentions that uh, KG needs to humble himself now and realize he is just not that guy. <laughs> well, that means that he has to quit. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and I, I get it. I get it. But I know if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to continue to try and try and try until you tell me I'm done. So, I mean, it, it's just hard for that. I mean, these guys aren't going to bow out. I'm not going to make fun of your comment. But now your next comment, Faustino, number one, I, I love it. And I was thinking about this in my car today. Team needs to invest some high picks on the line next year. Absolutely. There is no, I mean, I will not disagree with you on that whatsoever. So, you know, there you go. I mean, these guys are still going to fight for their, their NFL lives and they're going to continue to fight, but you're not going to bow out. We did get some money from, uh, from Austria. I, I almost said, I almost did the, <laughs> you know what I did, Shannon, right? You, I almost went where? Australia. Yep, I almost said put another shrimp on the bobby. Um, which the guys, the my Aussies here, Marky D and Matty P, say that is the worst Australian accent of all time. And I'm, okay, I'm not Australian. Um, C No D gives us two. I don't know my currency. I don't know my for, my foreign currency. Do you guys have any? Can you help me out with that? Okay, but yeah. he's. I'm ready for Pickberg. Here we go from Austria. I love it. CNOD. Yes. Uh, not just Kenny Pickens, but George Pickett. Pickberg is gonna be is gonna be fun. Somebody mentioned here, um, Christopher Eleven says, put KG at fullback. You know, I actually like that. <laughs> That'd be fun. That would be definitely fun. So well, you know they won't use him then if he's a fullback. They won't even use him then. <laughs> what's that they won't even use him that's, that's a good way not to use him <laughs> i think i think that's gonna start i i actually do so guys let's go ahead oh it's euros thanks i and i knew that chair devil and patricia says as well i i should have known that my brain hurts it, mm -hmm. it, it really does so <laughs> so here's here's what we're gonna do we already talked about the left guard position and could we just, could we agree that we all believe that it, it, at this point, it should be Kevin Dotson? Absolutely. But I want to ask Shannon, though. I mean, Shannon, what's your answer on that? Or are you in favor more of Shannon, um, Kevin Dotson at right guard? Yes, as I've said, I've, I think that he is more effective. It's his natural position at right guard. And Daniels can play left guard. He has. And Mason Cole can also play. 
you know, I thought they was going to let Cole and Daniels have some snaps at center, and they haven't, uh, which I think they should because if Cole goes down, you don't want Green being your backup center. And I don't think Hassenhauer is going to make this squad. So I would have wanted to see Daniels at least get some snaps at center. But, yeah, I think Dodson should be the right guard. I I definitely uh, I agree with that. And uh, one more thing about Kendrick Green, and I want to bring up Faustino because I I he's thinking here, and I agree with with him on a lot of things, and I disagree on a lot of things. <laughs> Bad, his interview spoke louder about his disinterest in playing a position he was drafted for. No disrespect at all, but I base my comment off of the interview he did. I'm really weird with the interviews, Faustino, and here's here's the reason with that because. You know, how many times have we heard just anybody like our kids or us and like, oh, I, I would rather be doing this anyways, you know, because it's almost a defense mechanism to say, well, I didn't really want to play center. I've, I really, uh, I feel like I'm meant to be a guard, you know, so I, I kind of looked at it that way. Um, I don't look at this as a Devin Bush situation where Devin Bush's comments really turned me off last week. I'm not really getting into Devin Bush, but what he said, oh, well, then I'm going to end up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that to me, it didn't seem that there was disinterest, um, but I could see where that, I could definitely see where uh, you believe that. I kind of think, do you guys agree with me? And please disagree if you, if you disagree. Do you think that Kendrick Green's comments a couple of weeks ago meant that, you know, it was like, was it a Cordell Stewart thing? We're like, no, I have no interest in wide receiver whatsoever. I'm a quarterback. Do you feel that's, he was saying, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I don't want to be a center. I want to be a guard. Do you think that was just because he was jockeying for position guys? Or do you feel that it was just, it was kind of a throwaway line because they throw that microphone in your face and you have to come up with something. Tony. Well, I mean, you know, he played predominantly guard in college. I mean, how many starts did he have at center three or four, something like that. So, I mean, it, it, it kind of makes sense that he would feel that way uh, based off of how, he, you know, his first full year in the NFL, he's playing center, a position he didn't really play in college. Uh, so I, I could see him definitely feeling like, hey, look, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a natural guard. I feel more comfortable. And I was never comfortable at center. I don't think it was a, uh, you know, something that should be used uh, to, to, to gauge his interest or, or gauge his attitude or anything like that. Now, I will say that, um, like Michael Malley says, Bush was worse, in my opinion, at least Green wants to be here. And, you know, I am a – look, I, I kind of agree with that. Shannon? Yeah, I, de- I definitely want to answer this one. Uh, <laughs> I because, know you do. Because, you know, um, I, I don't, I'm not one to want to disagree, but I will if I do. So, um, I think Green was not happy with trying to play center last year. I think he thought all along that he would be better at guard because that's where he had his experience. And to me, he seemed that he lacked the passion to learn the position last year. He made mistakes that guys in week 13 shouldn't be making, and he still made the same mistakes. You know, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're bound to repeat them, and he did. And Hmm. then he comes out this year and says what he did about – I think I'm a natural guard anyway, and I feel more comfortable there. I think the Steelers used the opportunity to try to light a fire under Kevin Dotson by acting like the green was going to compete with him for the left guard position, where I think even the Steelers know that he is not going to be 
a starting guard in the NFL, as we've talked about before. So um, I, I think that experiment's over, and, and they need to move on past it. But I, I did get the feeling that Green was sending out more than a little hint that he was not interested in playing center. But if he don't play center, I don't think he's going to be in the NFL. I'm there with you. I I understand. And I'm going to bring up uh, Faustino and Jennifer one more time. Look, yeah, you're right. We are. I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're glad to be a part of the family because, you know, that's what we do. And I'm not really making fun of your comments. I mean, this is like we're in a bar with buddies. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, we, and family and, you know, Mm -hmm. we we, uh, break it apart, but now I'm noticing that I'm a little bit um, not completely on, on an Island. I can see where, that's why I asked these guys. Jennifer comes on in and she was kind of turned off by it too. But I like what she says as well. I didn't like his comment either. It made him sound ungrateful. I think it's the result of young adults today raised in a different time. And man, I I, I get that. I definitely get that. And if you're raised in that time, it's we're not we're not poking the finger at you. We're just saying that uh, it's basically our fault. It's my generation's fault for that younger generation it really is I, I shannon, I oh i'm just saying shannon we screwed the pooch on this you know yeah, I, our I generation agree. next did that yeah uh, tony go ahead no I, I remember when they said the same things about about uh about our generation the baby boomers said uh these these young people today you know i think every generation says that about the about the new generation <laughs> i i gotta see this i didn't even see this i just saw this now Jared Devil, great friend of the show. Don't blame my generation, Jennifer. Blame the parents. Laugh out loud. Yeah, I'm blaming me. I'm 50. I'm blaming me. My kids, my mom drives me crazy when she says, oh, you you two didn't do that. So you know what I'm doing now? I'm telling my parents everything that they missed. <laughs> I started telling them stuff that they missed that I pulled over on them. And they're like... You did that? And I'm kind of like, yeah, you missed it. But I'm like, you know, you know, don't say that. I, I'm like, I'm raising different kids. And then I was being raised. So, you know, it's easy to blame that generation. That generation is completely different, but we did it. So that's, uh, that's kind of, kind of getting uh, off the subject, but Jared Devil does say that, hey, I was raised like a kid in, in the 70s. So I was raised in the 70s, 1971. Shannon, Tony, mm-hmm. Tony, 72, Shannon, 69? 70. 70, okay. So we we're all 70s. Very good. Now, we're going we're gonna to continue. I want to remember Austin Smith. Um, he had something that I thought was uh, really interesting, and that's kind of uh, what we're talking about. But I want to get to something first. We, we spent a lot of time left guard. Shannon thinks... Daniels should be moved over to left guard and Kevin Dotson over to right guard. So that basically concludes our guard portion of the program because at guard right now, we do like the idea. A lot of people threw out John LeGlue. Tony did too. And I get that. And that could be a possibility. I I like some of the stuff that I saw from him in the last quarter of the season last year. Uh, But right now I think it's James Daniels job to kind of to kind of lose uh-huh. do you guys agree that that position whether it's right or left that james daniels still is in line to be the starter unless he just completely falls apart 
Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care uh, what combination uh, they use J Daniels and Dotson. I just want them both in there. I think I think that's their best shot. Uh, they're, they're, it's their best two guards right now. All right. So let's look at this is really interesting. Let's go ahead. And since we're talking about these guards, we need to go straight to the center position because Shannon brought it up. And I'm going to let you take this, Shannon. You mentioned Mason Cole played guard. Daniels played center. What do you think is the best bet for center, Shannon? I've all along I've wanted it to be Mason Cole. Uh, because Cole is technique, technically, he's more fundamentally sound. Uh, you know, he's been the most consistent lineman through the first two preseason games. And I think that he has enough mobility for the outside zone, but that is going to be Daniel's greatest strength. So that's why they would probably want to leave Daniel's a guard. But um, McCole is an upgrade from anything the Steelers had last year, whether it was green or Hassenauer. And I think that, you know, we're talking about at least getting to an average line this year. And Cole is definitely average or above slightly. Uh, so, I, I think that the center position has been the one constant this preseason, and I wouldn't – I'd leave Cole there. I wouldn't mess with that. Tony, are you cool with Cole? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm, – you know, I noticed Green messing up, which which says something because I, I don't really – I'm not an expert on offensive line play, but I haven't noticed anything about Mason Cole. And Neither I have I, heard, actually. Yeah, and I haven't heard anything – anybody say anything, uh, you know, negative about him, so – I, you know, like, like Shannon said, he's solid. He, he's an upgrade, which, you know, uh, I think you need that after, after last year. Um, so yeah, I'm comfortable with him. You know, you don't need to always have a, a, uh, future hall of famer at center, you know, as Jeff Harding's showed us, you just need somebody who's solid. And even, even BJ Finney, when, you know, when he was in his heyday here, filling in for Pouncey, you know, they, they seem to do a good job with him in there for the you know half a season here and there that he had to play. So I think a solid center is, 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 It'll be pretty good for them. So rapid fire, yes or no? Let me just ask you this question. So the Mason Cole situation is basically guilt by association, being the center on a bad line. <laughs> Shannon? Yes. Tony? Yes. All right. Let's talk about tackles. And we're going to go through tackles quick because I'm just going to throw out my opinion right away. And then we're going to go to Tony and Shannon on this one. Tackles, I don't think you'd make a change whatsoever i think uh dan moore is actually starting to show more and more uh, I'm, I'm not trying to make a pun on his name like i did with cole please excuse that uh and shooks had a pretty fine game the other day now uh, somebody showed on twitter you know one bad play that almost got benny snell killed uh but as far as everything goes i i don't think the tackles are the worst problem here so tony is that what you believe yeah, I, I've always been high on Moore. I mean, he's, again, a fourth-round pick. He started 16 games in his rookie year. Uh, I think there's still room for him to grow, and, and his his struggles haven't been egregious. And Shooks, like I keep saying, he's he's the modern-day Max Starks. He's he's going to be above average. He's never going to wow anybody, but but I think you, you can be okay with him as your right right tackle. Shannon. Moore is, is come in this year, and he's stronger. He's more defined in his upper body. And he's anchoring better. 
but you know the new style is again like i said they want the linemen to engage you know even on pass sets they they kind of go forward and he's with them see last year it wasn't like that so when he le- he gets his body lean moving forward uh he that's why he's missed a couple so he's he's doing better against power you know he got bull rushed to death last year and then but he's doing better against power but he's still struggling some with speed and that in both games when he's got burned it's been around the edge so uh, I, I think that that's something that he can you know he can rectify that issue here uh hopefully with the next preseason game and the three weeks till the regular season starts and a core four has actually been a little bit more aggressive this year i, I like that um he's using his reach better having a better punch and a lot of people haven't noticed it but he has. Um, and I would argue that, yes, he, he you know, he kind of got caught between and, and didn't uh, pick up anybody on that play. They're saying he about got snail killed. But what's getting snail killed is that he runs like his name. And, and, and he just, you know, he just can't – never try to run wide with Benny, Benny Snail. That's not Benny Snail football because he can't get there. Dave Schofield said the other day, this was the quote of the week for me. It looks, I believe it was Dave. It looks like he's running with cement buckets on his feet. Wow. Yeah. So, and you know, I, I kind of agree with that. Yeah. Ken Boyle, fellow 1971er says, when you're surrounded by bad, you're not going to be good. Now, not talking about me, um, but <laughs> this was something I wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about Dan Moore Jr., and Mason Cole, they're surrounded by Kendrick Green right now, who's not playing well. Do you think that putting Kevin Dotson in might elevate elevate their play as well? Uh, Shannon, yeah, I mean Tony, well, Tony, Tony. Well, I mean, people keep preaching. You know, the people who know line play, they, they're always preaching about how you have to learn to trust one another and play together. Uh, I think if you have an upgrade. Uh, at the position that's next to you, that's that can only help. And, you know, Shannon, you know, I'm going to ask you that same question, but I'm also going to throw in the fact Mason Cole on the other side and Chooks, you know, with, if Daniels is not playing lights out right now, and is that affecting those guys as well, Shannon? Well, it definitely affects uh, the whole unit because offensive line is all about cohesion and chemistry and trust more so than than anywhere. Uh, last year, the center position is like the quarterback, uh, you know, just like the middle linebacker is the quarterback of the defense. Um, and the center is that is that quarterback. Well, that was a huge weak spot with Kendrick Green. One, he didn't take the position as serious, you know, to learn the position, the entry, I can't say the word, but to really learn all the, um, what he needed to learn to play the position. And so they had a huge weak spot at the most vital position on the line. Uh, so, yes, having a – if you remember when Dotson played next to Okorafor, Okorafor had his best, you know, stretch of games when Dotson was a rookie and playing next to him. So, you know, there is a – last year, Dan Moore was better when he had a healthy Dotson playing next to him. So it definitely makes a difference. All right, fellas, Austin Smith, I told you I wanted to get back to him. 
I was once a Blue Jays fan myself for uh, maybe a, a New York minute when they were in the uh, playoffs back in 85 because the Pirates were really stinking. And I, my sister went to Toronto and, and bought me a shirt. And I'm like, okay, I'll follow them for a little bit. Um, <laughs> didn't last long. But Austin asks, who do you guys think would be best trade bait for us to improve the line? Now this goes, those, this goes along right now with you know, the title of this show because you don't have the pick of the litter. I think my answer to that, you know, Austin, is this. I don't think you're going to really improve the line in August. You could bring somebody else in, but it might not be that much better right now. What you do if you make a trade, if you bring somebody else in, you're bringing in Trey Turner. I'm not saying that you're bringing Trey Turner in. You're bringing in a player like Trey Turner. And right now, I think some of you would be hoping for Trey Turner to walk through that door. You were glad when he left, but you would probably, some of you would want him back. And I get that. Trade bait right now, of course, I, I think the best trade bait on this team right now is probably what everybody is saying. And this is not an original comment because everybody's saying Mason Rudolph. Guys, do you agree with that? Even uh, though you don't, you might not want to trade the guy, but he's probably your best trade bait. I mean, I, I think, think he's got... the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead and you go, Shannon. I, you know, I've been all on board for trading Rudolph for a couple of reasons. One, I think it would be better for him to get a fresh start somewhere else. Um, you know, so if he's going to get a fair shake at being a starter uh, before he decides that he is a career backup and, and be the best backup he can be. But now when you, you really look at what's out there, uh, you're probably at the best getting a fifth-round pick for him. If that's the best you can get, you keep him. And trying to trade him straight up for a player, you know, you're going to get a, a backup at best. Now, it might be an upgrade, but in what position? Because, you know, it's too early to give up on any of the Steelers starting five. Uh, and I don't know if they'll be able to trade for somebody better. So I don't see a trade being an option. So Reginald Rivers does say Claypool. And which is, you know, actually, you know, I'd hate to see them make that trade too. But, I mean, you do have excess wide receivers and, you know, Claypool is trade bait. So I I guess he would be somebody, I mean, you got to give to get. So maybe Claypool's that guy. I would not want to see this team without him. But, of course, you're going to have some problems if you don't. Who's um, going to play the slot? that's i mean I mean, to me claypool is slot this year you, you give to get that's the thing yeah i agree with you shannon tony i don't think we're making we're going to see a trade whatsoever and bridget jones she says no do not trade claypool i agree with you i don't want to see him gone but the thing about the thing about it is probably your best good player that you could probably get rid of and to bring somebody very good on the offensive line. But I just, once again, I just don't think it's an option like Shannon said. Tony, your thoughts? Well, I, I agree. I mean, you know, Shannon said it best. It's too early to give up. As, as much as we've uh, we've talked about these this line, it's probably too early to give up on most of these guys, and except for maybe Kendrick Green. But there might be hope for him as a backup center, like Shannon said. So, you know, Dan Moore 
is promising. I think Kevin Dodson needs to be in the starting lineup. Mason Cole is solid. Daniels, uh, you know, I, I, again, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And Shoes Core 4 has has the chance, I think, to turn himself into a, a at least a decent right tackle. So I think it's, again, you overhaul this whole line in, in, in over a two-year period, and, and, you, and you have a different coach again. So you're going to, it's going to take time for these guys to, to, to mesh. And I don't know at this point what you're going to be able to bring in here, even for a Chase Claypool or a Mason Rudolph, that's going to, that's going to solve all your problems or, 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 or for somebody who's going to be an anchor on that line at this point. I don't know who you, who you can bring in as a trade, uh, certainly uh, as a free agent, but, but even as a trade. Ken Boyle says a possible trade could be Highsmith, but then again, then you're oh, left with no, you're left you're left with nothing. <laughs> nope, yeah. nope, nope. <laughs> we'll be calling Shannon, we'll be calling Shannon to be the other outside linebacker. That's, I don't hey. know what his his for I don't know what Shannon's forty time is, but I'm just gonna say no. <laughs> hey. that, that Thor shirt is not a medium. Let's just put it that. Yeah, it's, no, it's not. It's not. Um, I say that Jennifer asked, and I think somebody else earlier in the show. And I forgot to answer that what happened to Haig because he did not play the other night. And mm-hmm. there was no report on why until today. And he's in concussion protocol. So uh-huh. I just wanted to answer that while I was thinking about it. And Ken does say, uh, everybody's going after Ken right now, not in a harsh way, but he says, I didn't say it's a good idea. I'm just saying, you know, he's going to be a guy. Just like, and, and that's true because I don't think Claypool's, I don't want to get rid of Claypool. Mm. But if, Who's the right trade paid if you're going to make a deal? Probably that guy. Yeah. You know, so, but with that being said, there's so many things that we could talk about here. The big thing is we wanted to go ahead and break down position by position on that offensive line. One last question for Shannon and Tony, and we'll go rapid fire on this one. Guys, if the Steelers go ahead and swap the guards, Kevin Dotson on the right side, and James Daniels to the left side. Does that is it too late for that? Uh, no, no. You don't think it's too late? Well, Shannon, as Shannon said, Daniels is used to playing all three of those positions, and and, and Dotson's more natural over on, on the right side. Okay, fair fair enough. So I guess the uh, the uh, brain trust of Davis, Defio, and White say <laughs> that. The starting lineup for September 11th in Cincinnati should be Mason Cole at center, James Daniels at left guard, at right guard, Kevin Dotson, at right tackle, Chooksakor for, and at left tackle, Dan Moore Jr. Do we have any disagreement on that? I'd like to see him try it this week. I really would. And, and then, you know, uh, go from there. It's it's you still have three weeks, but once the regular season hits, you know that's going to be hard to do. Faustino asked, any chance they swap the tackles? We've seen well, that movie before with Chooks on the left side. Well, he he can play both, but isn't Dan Moore just an ex- exclusively a left tackle? At least at least he was in college, right? Yeah, if they were going to switch more, I think they should have done it. Like I said. I wanted them to try it out at the beginning of camp. Now it's a little bit late to switch. Oh, so you were all for that? I wanted them, I wanted both guys to play both sides at the, and see okay. where they were more comfortable. Uh, because Moore is anchoring better now, but he still has some issues with the speed 
because, you know, with this new style. And Okorafor is a better athlete. He's got longer arms and he moves better. So, you know, that would make sense that he might be better on the left side, but now it's too late to try. So we're not going to talk about the defense, but a lot of people say, hey, you'd make a trade for an inside linebacker. And to go along with my Trey Turner comment, then what you're doing, you're giving up a sixth round pick for Joe Schobert. And we've seen that movie. We saw that movie recently. (laughs) So, I mean, that's the thing. I don't think Joe Schobert was terrible here, but he just wasn't what needed to have been done. So with that being said, I want to bring up the live chat one more time, guys. We had a good show planned. And I thought this was a very good show. But it got so much better when they were our muse today. When they threw out comments questions so thank you to the live chat you know each and every one of you if i disagree with you it doesn't mean that that uh i think you're dumb because i don't because sometimes i can be swayed and good questions out there questions there's no such thing as a bad question because you know what what happens is it sparks hey wait maybe that's not as crazy as i thought no matter what you throw out there so keep throwing it out and that goes that goes back to number two that you're going to hear in just a second so number two we know what that is because we've got three things that we say at the end of every show so remember number two but i'm going to tell you right now that if you're not checking out let's ride earlier this morning the shows that were on the weekend state of the steelers touchdown under If you're not checking out Tony's six-pack, if you're not checking out We Run the North, the Q&A, you're not going back in time and listening to Here We Go, the Steelers show, the other shows you thought you missed. And if you're not checking out tomorrow, the two shows The Fix with Jeremy Betts and with Andrew Wilbar and The Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict, then you're missing some great Steeler content. So make sure that you check all of that out. So for Tony Defio and Shannon White, we've got three things that we want to tell you that we feel you need to do. One is stay safe. Number two is stay true to yourself. Don't let anybody change your opinion. Let them them spark the fires for your opinion. And if you want to change it, that's fine. But don't let, don't stop being you. And number three, always stay behind the steel curtain. <sighs> you know, something's sparking that I, I need to say one more thing, guys. And I'm not sure what that is. So I'm going to let Tony do it this week. Tony, go ahead. Ask, say that one last statement to send us out of here. Just when you think. We have all, you have all the answers. Okay, Tony, you're fired from that. All right. (laughs) I missed the block. I'm sorry. (laughs) You got the whiff. I love you, man. Here we go. Just when you think you've got all the answers, Tony Defio. We keep changing the questions. Shannon White. (laughs)